And welcome back, everybody, to this week's episode of the Sports Gospel Podcast here on sportsgospel.com or whichever one of your podcast platforms you found us. We're happy to have you with us. Apologies for missing last week. I was traveling for my big kid job and just did not have the time to try to work in recording and editing and doing all that. But we're happy to be back with you, Darren and Andrew, on this week's episode. And kind of a weird week in sports, not a whole lot going on. We basically have the MLB All-Star Game and Home Run Derby happening while we're recording this. So kind of a quiet off week in sports. Uh, Had a a good week last week. The PGA uh, British Open was the big PGA event over the weekend. I think that was kind of the last thing we had. Congratulations to Cameron Smith. If you've never seen Cameron Smith, he is rocking a signature look. So go check out Cameron Smith. And those guys dominated that course. Winning the British Open at minus 20 is not what I expected. A lot of the big names were up there. Rory McIlroy being the big one at the end. But you also had Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau, Jordan Spieth all in the running. So a great British Open, really exciting tournament. Um, but Cameron Smith outlasting Cameron Young. We're to that generation where everybody's name is Cameron and Aiden and Jackson. And that's your, that's your next generation of sports if you're ready for it. I don't know if I'm ready for it. And really, didn't he kind of LS Rory McIlroy? I mean, Cameron Young eagled on the last hole of the of the Open to get to second place. But really, he was kind of Cameron Smith was kind of in a heated battle with uh, Rory on the back nine. I mean, Cameron didn't he have like six or seven birdies in a row, and that's essentially how he won. Well, I would have to pull up his scorecard here, but those three basically ran away from the field. I, it's right. quite a few strokes back to Tommy Fleetwood and Victor Hovland, but it was it was yeah. Rory and it was Rory and the two Camerons most of the way. And I think you're right, Cameron Smith had a great end, but had a, a phenomenal tournament. And golf appreciates that with all the harem scarum they're having right now to have one of their biggest names, if not their biggest current name, and Rory McIlroy to be in there at the end. I'm sure they they liked having that. Heartbreaking for Rory to be there and. Yeah, the the two Camerons doing great in the back nine to sneak past him. But, yeah, the three of them really ran away from the field. Yeah, yeah, and Rory really had uh, some good chances at birdies late, too, and just couldn't cash in. So, Well, congratulations to Cameron Smith and his sweet hair and mustache get-up. Yeah, and uh, hopefully he found out how many beers can fit into the uh, the Open Championship Trophy. I mean, that's what he said he was going to do. So we'll see if he uh, did the science experiment and see, saw how many beers can fit in that thing. I, suppose, I was looking at it. I didn't realize it had an opening. But, yeah, it's kind of a little – there's a little spout at the top. Yeah, he was going to see how many can fit. So we'll see. Nice. Well, since we don't have a whole lot of actual sports happening, we are going to give you our top five rankings of we're going to do the offense this week. Next week, we'll do defense by position, but we're going to go quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, and we're going to do the offensive lineman as one big group. We're going to give you our top five. We'll see how much we align, how much we disagree, and which one of us thinks has the most ridiculous rankings. But we're going to jump right into this with our quarterbacks. You want to go five to one? Does that make sense? Build the suspense. Oh, sure. Five to one. Okay. I was thinking of this in a, in a different term. Uh, I was actually not going to build the suspense, but wow. we can do that. Um, do, do you want to, do you want to alternate year five, my five, year four, my four, that kind of thing? Or do you just want to go year five to one? I'll go five to one. So number five, I think this will be shocking to a few people, but maybe he's too low or maybe he's too high to some people, but Joe Burrow is who I'm putting at number five Um, guy who made the Super Bowl. I think he's a good bet to throw almost 40 touchdowns this year. 
with everybody that's coming back and the way their offensive line improved, I think he's going to really make even another improvement from where he was last year. And we're going to really recognize Joe Burrow as one of the five best quarterbacks after this season. So everything they've done to support him in Cincinnati, that offense is going to really shine. And Joe Burrow is going to be a big part of the reason. So I've got him at number five. And then another guy that I expect to make a, another leap yet again this year is Justin Herbert. And I've got him at number four. Um, so he's thrown 69 touchdown passes in his first two seasons, but I think he's capable of having, again, I think he's a 40 touchdown, 4,000 yard guy this season with Keenan Allen, always steady, Mike Williams, Eckler catching passes. They added Isaiah Spiller. Um, they've got good protection around him now too. And I think that's really kind of the theme is good quarterbacks with good arms, significant arm talent. We always say that. What does that mean? He's got the right combination of arm strength and also accuracy. I'm going to take Justin Herbert. And I also mild upset. Maybe we'll talk about this at a later time. The Chargers are going to win the AFC West. No. And it's going to, and it's going to be because of Justin Herbert's leap that he makes this year. Um, and, and also, also Khalil Mack, but yeah, um, the addition of Khalil Mack might help defensively as well. So I'll take Herbert at number four. And I should, I should back up here. We didn't mention this at the top. We are doing heading into the 2022 season. This is not lifetime achievement or you're building your team for the next 10 years. We're just strictly looking at ranking players for 2022. Right. And yeah, exactly, exactly that. And so then at number three, I'm going to go ahead and put Josh Allen there. I think he's one of the three best quarterbacks in all of football. Now, um, his ability to run the ball as well as throw the ball, his accuracy has gotten significantly better. So we've seen marked improvements there. I don't know if he's going to necessarily make another leap, but even if he's just on par with where he was last season, maybe a little bit better than he was last season, that's a top three quarterback, in my opinion, with how much they rely on him. Um, he, he really runs that offense. And has really helped Stefan Diggs' career out. And I think Gabriel Davis could break out. And so that could even take Josh Allen to get another level by having Gabe Davis break out this season. Number two is Patrick Mahomes. I do think he's one of the two best quarterbacks. I know I'm contradicting myself a little bit here to say that Herbert's going to win the AFC West. I think that's because there's a better team around. Justin Herbert, but Patrick Mahomes is the better quarterback. And I think that's going to show because I think a lot of people believe that he's just a product of a good offensive system with a lot of good offensive skill players, which they still have Travis Kelsey, but now the wide receiver room took a little bit of a hit with the departure of Tyreek Hill, but they've still got Juju Smith, Schuster, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Sky Moore, a rookie that I'm high on. McCole Hardman, I think we're going to see Patrick Mahomes spread the ball around a lot this year, and we'll really find out that he is a very talented guy, and it'll be like Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes. It doesn't matter really who he's going to be throwing to. He's always going to look kind of good because he is the one throwing the ball. So I'm going to put Mahomes at number two. And then I'm going to sound like like a homer, but I feel like you can't 
not put a guy who's back-to-back MVP number one. Um, so Aaron Rodgers is my number one quarterback in 2022. Um, I don't think that it goes without saying, I know a lot of people are going to say, well, what about his wide receiver core? Again, we've, we've seen Aaron Rodgers do it with less than stellar wide receivers. Should we say he's going to have a lot of, a lot of inexperienced guys this year, but I don't think that's going to really slow down the Packer offense as most people believe they are probably going to run the ball slightly more, but also Aaron Jones is a capable receiver. So is AJ Dillon. A lot of people knocked on him uh, early on in his career saying he couldn't catch passes. He proved last season that he can. Alan Lazard will have a better role. Sammy Watkins might play a little bit. Randall Cobb obviously going to play. Christian Watson, Romeo Dubes, Amari Rogers. Those are kind of the young guys that the pa- the Packers are looking for um, something out of in order to have a really successful season. I do believe that those guys will have success in their own way. I don't think he has the legit star wide receiver like he had with Devonte Adams. But I also think that the wide receiver core isn't as bad as some people are making it out to be. Um, and for these reasons, Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers. It, it really doesn't matter who you're going to put out there. He's still probably going to win you a lot of games. Um, I'm reminded of that Cardinals game last season where he was playing with, um, third string wide receivers. I mean, Devonte was out. Lazard was out. He was playing with some third string wide receivers, went into Arizona who was the number one seed in the NFC at the time and pulled it out. So I, I really think Aaron Rodgers is the number one quarterback still. And we have three of the five same, not necessarily all in the same position, but three of the five same guys. And I'm an, I, I recognize there's a little bit of hypocrisy in some of my rationale, but my number five, I'm going with Josh Allen. Here's kind of my hang up with Allen and Burrow and Herbert and why I'm awarding some other guys is prove to me that you can win something. I know we're not taking lifetime achievement towards, but I like to see that guys can win. So I have some people on my list who have done a little bit more winning than these guys. Of the three, I think Josh Allen is the most talented. He also has the most to prove. The Bills are the trendy pick to win it all this year. I don't know that I totally agree with that. We'll look at that when we get into our full-fledged NFL preview. But Josh Allen has all the tools. He's probably an MVP frontrunner for this year. Tremendous team around him. But for me, he is my number five. Number four, the first of two guys that I had on mine that you did not have, Russell Wilson. I think he's going to be a change of scenery. He's going to be reignited, I think, in Denver. He did what he was able to do in Seattle, which was be an all-pro MVP caliber player. And he did it with no offensive line help. Their running game was banged up. They never had a great line in front of him. Yes, he had good receivers and typically decent tight ends to help take the load off. He's going to have all of that in Denver, plus a better run game and especially a better offensive line will really help. So going to be Russell Wilson at number four. Number three is the GOATs. The guy took me a long time to acknowledge him as the GOAT. I doubted Mr. Brady for a long time. But number three, Tom Brady, he just keeps doing it. I think I think he's just going to be right in there. They're going to keep humming along. The NFC South is not great, so he's going to eat them alive. And I think they're going to be one of the front runners in the NFC yet again because Brady refuses to age. I'm also not sold that Gronk is fully retiring. I think we're going to get one of those. Tom Brady's going to call him up in about week 10 after the bye, whenever that is, and say, hey, Gronk, come uh, come get us to the Super Bowl again. You've got Godwin. You've got Evans. 
They've got a great offensive line. They've got a slew of running backs they can throw out there. So I think Brady is just going to be the same Brady he's always been. And then my top two, I would have made fun of you for having Rodgers as a homework pick, but I had the exact two same guys in the same order. Mahomes, two, Rodgers, one. And I think they're both going to be faced with the same challenge. Whereas you look at Brady, he's got, he's got Evans and Godwin back. He's got the same bodies. I think we're really going to see what Mahomes is made of without Tyreek Hill. They've had some changes there. Yes, you bring in Juju Smith-Schuster, but I don't think he's Tyreek Hill. So we'll see what Mahomes can do without one of his top two targets. You could argue Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey, which is his favorite target. But new life for him, and then the same with Rodgers. Everything you mentioned, what's it going to look like when Alan Lazard's probably your best receiver? A, a good big body, I would think of him as a number three. I do think you're right on. We've seen a lot more out of A.J. Dillon recently, and the talk is they're going to have that one-two punch with Dillon and Jones taking some of the load off. So Rodgers probably isn't going to have to do everything. But if they, if they get their offensive line healthy in the defense, all those pieces around Aaron Rodgers, I think he could very well be in that MVP conversation again. But Rodgers and Mahomes, both of them, what's life going to be like without their favorite wide receivers? Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, you called Tom Brady the GOAT. I'm still not there. I'm one of those crazy people who doesn't believe in Tom Brady as the GOAT. See, I thought um, I was the la- I thought I was the last one to jump on this uh, shit. No, there's still um there's still a camp of people even people that I personally know that are holding out, some that I don't personally know that are that are saying Aaron Rodgers is the GOAT. Um and I, I agree with that, obviously, as I am very biased. But um, Tom Brady, I don't think Gronk is coming back. And also, Godwin may not be ready week one. He may take a few weeks um, to be ready. And that's fine. I, I still think the Bucks aren't like in danger of losing the division or anything crazy like that because the rest of the division is just so bad. Um, but, yeah, for those reasons, it's kind of why I can't put Tom Brady in my top five. I think it's really, he's going to have Mike Evans, but um, like beyond that, he's going to be rolling with Russell Gage. who's like a decent receiver, but also um, not the greatest, Um, not the greatest, obviously. So it's, it's not as good of a offense as what he had last year around him. And I think because of that, his, his stats may come down a little bit. Definitely. The one guy um, I think both of us might have snubbed, if if you want to say there was a snub from this list, was maybe Matt Stafford, obviously the guy who just won a Super Bowl. Maybe we, we aren't giving him enough love that he deserves. He's kind of right outside. And also another guy who's right outside is Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson. Um, those guys are kind of right outside. Russell Wilson. I think they're in that top 10, but not top five group for me. So that's, that's where those guys lie. So great players, but they're, they're top 10, not top five. I had Stafford at number seven for me. So I had Burrow six, Stafford seven, Herbert eight, my guy, Matt Ryan at night. Yes. At nine. Yes. I'm a Matt Ryan apologist. I think he's still that good because the Colts are going to be Super Bowl contenders, but Burrow, Stafford, Herbert, Ryan, and then whether or not he plays Deshaun Watson, I think is still a top 10 talent despite all the other stuff. And then I would go that Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Dak, like that 11, 12, 13 range. Those are the guys that I wrote down. Uh, the best thing about Stafford is that AT&T commercial you've seen nonstop ever since the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, that has been one of the most annoying parts about Stafford, actually. <laughs> but it's so fun. Uh, it's, it's, if, if you get it, like, I feel like a lot of people watch it and don't get it. But for sports nuts, like sports nuts, like us and our listeners, that little wink and a nod is fun. 
Yeah. It, I mean, it was fun the first time, but <laughs> after about the 50th time, it's like, okay, okay, enough of this, enough of this. But um, I think if we were going to round it out, I know this wasn't the exercise it was top 10, but I feel like it deserves a little bit of talk with quarterbacks, especially, but I'm kind of higher on Lamar Jackson than a lot of people. So I've got him number six, Ooh. Stafford number seven, um, Kyler Murray, number eight, Tom Brady, number nine. And then number 10 is going to be Russell Wilson for me. Um, Sean Watson. We haven't seen the guy in two years. Who knows what he is. And also, all the other off the field stuff. I can't, I can't rightfully put Sean Watson in my top 10 anymore. I do know that he's shown that he can be. I just don't know if that um, player exists anymore or if we'll even get to see that player anymore. Right. So, yeah. Do I get to go first for running backs? Absolutely. Go ahead. So my running back, how many did I write down? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I, Considered 10 guys, my top three were pretty right in there. And then the fourth and fifth and beyond were, I had a lot of different ways I could have gone with this. Number five is a guy that it took me a while to come around on, but I'm going to go with Najee Harris had a great rookie year playing in that Steeler system. They're going to be ground and bound all the time. And especially this year, life without big Ben, you've got young quarterbacks, not don't really know what you have it. Uh, quarterback traded away your best receiver in Juju Smith Schuster. So I think Najee Harris is going to be the focal point. He's going to be the, a hammer for them in the backfield. So he's my number five. Number four, I'm going with Dalvin Cook. I know you're arch nemesis, but I still think he's got something left in those legs and he's been great for the Vikings. And one of the, I think he's still a bit underrated. People don't give him credit, but he puts up numbers like crazy in that surprisingly good Vikings offense. And then Number three is a guy that I just, I love Nick Chubb and he's been great for the Browns has a fantastic line to run behind that one, two attack with he and Kareem hunt, but he is, he is a bull running downhill. So I love Nick Chubb. I have him at number three. Number two is the King King Henry. I think he's been the best running back in the last five years, but we, the, the foot injury. Yes. He came back and played in the playoffs and he was on pace for a 2000 yard season last year before the foot injury. That's my concern with him is what shape is he going to be in after the foot injury? We know when running backs fall off, they tend to fall off hard. I hope that doesn't happen with Derrick Henry. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and hope he comes back like a dominant force and has another 1,600 plus yard season. And then number one, guy that I think we're kind of forgetting about. He hasn't been around long enough to really remember him, but he was the stud of the NFL last year as a running back. And I'm going with Jonathan Taylor with the Colts. I think he repeats his performance. I know it's, it's a Wisconsin Badger, so that hurts for you, but I'm, I'm going with Jonathan Taylor. So Jonathan Taylor, Derek Henry, Nick Chubb, Dalvin cook, and Najee Harris are my top five. Hmm. All right. Well, um, I think we're splitting hairs a little bit because we, yeah, I'll, I'll go through my list. We agree at some points. I don't think we agree at certain other points. At number five, I think I'll go with Nick Chubb um, right there at number five. I think he's a a good back, a solid back. Um, doesn't offer a whole lot in the way of the receiving game. It hasn't been something that he's been asked to do at all, um, really. And with Kareem Hunt there, and also the other receivers they've had in his time there. Maybe that is something we'll see more this year, but we really haven't seen it up until this point. I think he's good as just a pure runner, and um, what he shows as a pure runner puts him at number five for me. Number four, I will go Dalvin Cook. As much as I am biased and I love the Packers, I, I can recognize talent when I see it. 
Although, unfortunately for Dalvin and, and Justin Jefferson, who we'll get to later, their talent is is wasted on this Minnesota Vikings team. That's fire. Um, yeah, I'm, it, <laughs> I, I'm sorry, Vikings fans, but do you really think you're winning anything with Kirk Cousins as your quarterback? I mean, you're not. Um, you just get to play so, in the NFC North, so you get four guaranteed wins with the Lions and Bears. Yeah, exactly. It you get a chance, and then you get a chance to choke away a wild card spot every year. It's it's great. <laughs> um, but anyways, not to derail too much. I think Dalvin Cook offers a little more in the way of a, a multi purpose back, a guy who can catch passes and also is great in between the tackles, outside the tackles, whatever you want from a running standpoint. Dalvin Cook can do it. I know that injuries have been a little bit of a thing with him, but that's that's kind of a thing with every running back. Just as many times as you're touching the football, you're bound to get injured or nicked up here and there. And, and every once in a while, it's really more about how you battle back from those. And Dalvin cook has battled back every time. Um, number three is a guy that I'm really shocked that you left off your list. And it's probably because of injuries. Um, I'm going to go with Christian McCaffrey still here at number three. I think he is kind of the best all-purpose running back all around. Um, but I also don't think he like he's the dominant force that Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry are as a runner. And that's really what you think of when you think of running back. But um, CMC is a legitimate threat to run for a thousand yards and then catch a thousand yards too when he's healthy. It's just that has not been his strength is being healthy, unfortunately. And it's really sad because he's one of the most talented uh, running backs that there there's ever been. Um, I would like to see him be fully healthy. And if he is, then it's going to seem really low that I put him at number three, because he could honestly, honestly be the best running back in the NFL. Uh, Any of these top three guys could, I really think it's this top three and then it bumps down a little bit. And that's when you get into the Dalvin cook, Nick Chubb, Alvin Kamara, Saquon Barkley, Aaron Jones, whatever, whatever you want to, whoever you want to take there, that Austin Eckler, whoever you want to take in that next year. I think there's a, there's a bit of a gap between them and the top three. Um, number two, I know that he was great last year. He was the star of the running back show last year, Jonathan Taylor. And I think he will definitely be a star again this year. And he's going to be a big part of the reason that uh, the Colts are a Super Bowl contender. Not not Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan will be the best quarterback that Jonathan Taylor's ever played with, that's for sure, um, in his short career. But also Matt Ryan's old. Uh, the regression has set in a little bit with him. It's It's going to be a good situation for Jonathan Taylor, and I think he'll make the most of it. He's also really great in between the tackles. I do think he will slide back in terms of touchdowns scored. I don't I don't think he'll run as many times at the goal line. I think Matt Ryan is a little bit better in like those red zone scenarios than Carson Wentz was. And that's why we will see uh, the touchdown regression come for Jonathan Taylor this year. Um, and that's why I'm putting Derrick Henry number one, because we've seen the drop off of Ryan Tannehill now. A.J. Brown isn't there. Their number one wide receiver is Robert Woods. Julio Jones is gone, which Julio Jones, who knows what his career is at this point. Where is um, Julio? He's still, Why are you bringing that up? I, I, I could not tell you where Julio Jones is playing right now. He, he's still looking for a team. Okay. 
answer is that. He's still looking for a team. So a lot of people have, have said Julio Jones to the Packers, question mark. I, I don't really see that one happening. Um, but he's still looking for a squad. Um, maybe Arizona with the DeAndre Hopkins uh, six games um, that he's out. Uh, could be a possibility, but Julio's still looking for a home. But we know that um, the Titans don't have a lot of red zone threats in uh, the passing game. So if Derrick Henry is fully healthy, I think he's – and he was on pace um, to – maybe push for 2000 yards uh, last season before he got hurt. So it was going to be a really amazing uh, one, two race between Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor. And it was until Derrick Henry got hurt. And so I'm just hoping that both those guys can stay healthy this season so that we can see those two dudes in the same division battling it out for the NFL rushing title, because I think both of those guys have a legitimate chance at it. Although I see Derrick Henry scoring more touchdowns than Jonathan Taylor, assuming full health, I see Derrick Henry scoring more touchdowns just because of the lack of a Titans passing game in the red zone. No AJ Brown, no Julio Jones. I think those are your two red zone targets. And I'm not sure that uh, Robert Woods and Traylon, Traylon Burks or, Nick Westbrook, Akine, or I don't even know who the Titans have at tight end, honestly, if those guys can fill in those gaps. Uh, my guess is that they can't, and that they'll lean on Derrick Henry a lot. So I think he's a good bet for um, 15, 17 touchdowns somewhere in that neighborhood if he's healthy and maybe close to 2,000 yards. So could be um, could be uh, interesting times in the NFC South between those two teams. And sucks to be the Jaguars and Texans. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I can't really disagree with you. I, I'm a huge Derrick Henry fan. I want him to have a great year. It just the foot injury scares me. And you mentioned it there. That's what, that's what I don't like about Christian McCaffrey. He's played, he's played 10 combined games in the last two seasons. I think it was his third year. He had a, that awesome season and was an AP or uh, player of the year and first team all pro and all that, but he's really fallen off since then. That's kind of been my thing with Christian McCaffrey. And uh, I would add, like you mentioned, Saquon Barkley, I would throw Zeke in there. I don't know if Zeke is just done or if it's the injuries, but those guys kind of scared me off. I do like Austin Eckler, but I think you're right. He's kind of that second tier and Alvin Kamara. Maybe this has gone away and it's not going to be a thing. I was a huge Kamara fan. I think he's maybe a top three talent, but we kind of forgot that he punched a guy in the face in a Vegas casino. So I don't know if that's been swept under the rug and gone away or if he's still going to face a suspension for that. That's maybe something yeah. I could research, but yeah, he is going to probably face a suspension for that. So we'll, um, we'll see. I, that's why I hesitated to put him in my top five, but um, we got guys like Javante Williams, uh, maybe Cam Akers, I don't know. I don't know what the future of the running back spot looks like. AJ Dillon could make a leap. I could see him and Aaron Jones having really great seasons. Um, and I was thinking of AJ Dillon in a different way, but uh, we'll see what the future of the running back position looks like. Brees Hall is the guy that we've got to mention um, as a rookie. Kenneth Walker, the third, I don't know. He's in Seattle. We'll see. Um, that could be a brutal offense to be a part of as a running back. Although I do think the running uh, aspect of that offense will be the best aspect of that offense, but 
it could be a pretty brutal offense to watch. Um, But I think more and more what you're seeing is um, we don't really have like too many of those Derrick Henry or Jonathan Taylor types where they're like the clear cut lead guy. I think Brees Hall could be that for the Jets, maybe. And um, we could see him in a different light after the end of the season. But I think the three down running back is kind of a kind of a thing of the past. I think Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor are more the exception than the rule, which you look back eight or nine years ago, it really wasn't that lo- that way. Um, but I think we're getting into more of like, we will have to think of running backs as duos and not more as one guy. Cause like Packers have Jones and Dylan. Um, the Browns have hunt and Chubb, good duo. Uh, I know there's other duos that I'm leaving off the list. I think Zeke and Pollard, I, even with the concerns about Zeke, like, Zeke and Pollard is a pretty good duo. So we'll think of running backs more and more in duos as kind of the future goes on. And funny you should mention that. One guy who I would even say is my number six. It was kind of a coin flip for me between he and Najee Harris. He is one of those, the the last vestiges of a 90s, early 2000s running back who is kind of the one of the few bell cows. And that's Joe Mixon. I understand if people don't like him, I get it. But Nobody talks about him. He was an integral part of that Bengal system last year. It was all people wanted to talk about Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, but Joe Mixon. So he's part of this 2017 draft class. That is one of the best running back drafts of all time. He's only trailing Dalvin cook in yards. I believe he has the most attempts and maybe the most total scrimmage yards, but that 2017 running back class had Dalvin cook, Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara, Aaron Jones, Christian McCaffrey, Leonard Fournette, James Conner, kind of those second tier guys. Kareem Hunt had their great rookie year. So that's a, a loaded as running back classes you're going to find in the modern era. Nobody ever gives Joe Mixon any credit, but I would say for him, he's probably in that five, six range for me ahead of a lot of these other guys, but just want to appreciate what he's done on the field. I'm glad you brought him up. Um, yeah, I would, I would agree. He's somewhere in that top 10 for sure. I don't know if he's six for me. I, I actually think Najee Harris would be six for me and then probably Mixon seven. Um but yeah, Joe Mixon is definitely a big part of that Bengals offense and we'll see what he brings. And I, I expect uh, Mixon to be just as good this season with the additions that the Bengals have made on their offensive line. I I expect them to be uh, to be better and scarily to, for them to be better offensively than where they were last season. Um, and they're pretty good offensively last season. So, Do you want to go first on wide receivers? Um, I can, uh, give me one moment here. So I was, I was coming at this from a different angle. That's, that's fine. I, I mean, I'm trying can... not to build the suspense. I was just going to not bury the lead and, and go, uh, five to one. Um, but if I, if I'm thinking about this correctly, my number five guy here, um, give me one moment. I could see us having wildly different wide receivers. This is the one I think maybe has the most people. I wrote down 15 names to consider for five spots and I could see, I I don't know if we're going to have all the exact same in the exact same spot. If we're going to have five completely different people. I I think we're going to have some variants here. Um, At number five, I'm going to put Tyreek Hill. I think this is maybe a little bit of a low spot for him um but i'm just saying that um new a new place for him big new contract 
I don't think his talent has diminished or will diminish or show any signs of that. But I do think he took a big step down in terms of quarterback play. Um, I don't think Tua's bad. I'm not panning Tua by any means, but I do think it'll be a bit of an adjustment to playing with Patrick Mahomes and then playing with Tua Tagovailoa. And it's a, uh, it's not the same thing. So um, I've got Tyreek at number five, because he's still got that elite speed. I think we'll still see exciting plays from him. I just don't think we'll see what we did in his time in Kansas city. Um, number four, I'm going to go with a Vikings player, Justin Jefferson. I think he's one of the top five wide receivers in the NFL. And I do think that he'll take a bit, he'll take a leap forward this year and we'll see, uh, probably the best year of Justin Jefferson's career. I think Thielen's going to take a big step back and really show the signs of aging and regression. Um, that we uh, kind of maybe could see coming at the end of last season. And I think Justin Jefferson is really, really poised for a big year. Um, So I've got him at number four and then number three, I think has got to be Jamar chase. Um, Everything that he did last year, I think he's, Clearly and obviously the uh, the third best wide receiver here. I think the top two, it's really a debate between two guys, and, and we'll get to them later in a bit. Um, but Jamar Chase at number three, and I think he's a good bet to kind of maybe repeat what he did last season. Um, I think the touchdown regression could come a little bit. I do think some of those uh, touchdowns will go T. Higgins' way or maybe uh, Joe Mixon's way on the ground or – or Tyler Boyd will catch a few more touchdowns. I think I don't think we can expect as many touchdowns from Jamar Chase because touchdowns are kind of a random thing in the NFL. Um, but I do expect the volume to be there like it was last season for him to catch almost everything that's thrown his way that's catchable. I expect Jamar Chase to make those plays and come really close to being a, an 1,800-yard type 1900 yard type receiver. So Jamar chase, number three, um, number two. Uh, and I've got to, it kind of pains me to do this, but I've got to stay consistent with my Tyree kill logic. Devonte Adams. I do think in terms of everything that you're looking for, a wide receiver is a combination of speed can line up anywhere route running catching. I, I do think overall in all those areas, Devontae Adams is the best. I don't think he's going to be the best in 2022 because he's, he went from Aaron Rodgers to Derek Carr. So I think he, at best his stats will be similar to last season, maybe a little bit on the lower side just because he's playing with uh, Derek Carr and also Darren Waller's there. Hunter Renfro's there. He's kind of been a reliable option. Kenyon Drake, Josh Jacobs. So the the Raiders have uh, some receiving options. And so I don't think uh, it's as clear cut as it was in Green Bay where he just had this special connection with Aaron Rodgers. I'm not sure if he can recreate that with Derek Carr, and that's why I've got him at number two. Number one, if he's healthy, Cooper Cup is the best wide receiver in the NFL. Um, he We saw it last season. I expect, you know, fully expect if he's healthy for him to put up almost similar numbers to last season, just because 
who else do they have? I mean, are we counting on Allen Robinson to, which it's really crazy. Allen Robinson is actually younger than Cooper cup, which is really wild to think about. Cause it feels like Allen Robinson is 32 or 33 years right. old. Um, he's actually like a couple months younger than Cooper cup, which is crazy to think about. But even still, I, uh, I think Cooper Cup is by far and away the number one guy on this team, and Odell's not there. Robert Woods isn't there. Granted, Robert Woods got hurt early last year, and that contributed to Cooper Cup's great season. So even so, I mean, Cooper Cup didn't really drop off because other guys were getting targets like an Odell or a Tyler Higbee or whomever else. I don't think Allen Robinson cuts into uh, Cooper Cup's targets enough for him to take that step back that maybe some people would expect. And so I think Cooper cup is my number one wide receiver here. I am surprised we had four of the five same guys, wildly different order, but four of the five same. And I'll just, I'll say it. Tyree kills the guy who's off for me. I'm concerned about him not being in the chief system I like Tua, but again, Tua's play and guys who get big deals. We've seen this happen in you name any of the big four sports. Guy gets a huge deal and he's like, well, I have my money. You know what? Maybe, maybe the effort isn't quite as there as it is to prove it and get the money. So that's what concerns me. I think a lot of variables with Tyreek Hill. But starting me off, number five, I'm going with Jamar Chase, who I think is kind of the heir apparent of Tyreek Hill, that speedster, that burner, throw it up and he's going to outrace everybody to go get it. I was a big doubter on Jamar Chase last year. I thought, okay, yeah, he's a rookie. He's fine, whatever. I'd rather have Devontae Smith. And he completely showed me what he's capable of. And I think that three-headed monster that you have there with Burrow at quarterback, mixing in the backfield, chases your star wide out. And like you mentioned, T. Higgins as a backup option. Be a lot of weapons at the Bengals' disposal. And I think Jamar Chase is going to run it back and have another terrific season. Number four is the guy who I would say is I don't want to call him the poor man's Cooper Cup, but I think cut from the same cloth, and that's T. Higgins. Uh, jeepers. I just said Higgins and Red Diggs. Stephon Diggs with the Buffalo Bills. I've been a huge Stephon Diggs fan for a long time. Some of the best hands in the game. A guy like Cooper Cup who you want that short possession catch, you've got it. You want that big explosive touchdown play, you've got it. You want a guy with breakaway speed, you've got it. So I think Stephon Diggs is one of the, to borrow a baseball term, five-tool players in the National Football League. I think he's been a little kind of quiet with the Bills, and it's been more about Josh Allen, but Josh Allen is not Josh Allen without Stephon Diggs leading the way. He's my number four. Number three is your guy, Devontae Adams. I don't know if he's still your guy now that he's wearing the silver and black, but the longtime Packer, Devontae Adams, a guy who a lot of people credit as being the best receiver in the game. I think he's clearly a tremendous wide receiver, a first-team all-pro caliber player, but you play with Aaron Rodgers and life is a lot easier. I'm curious to see what it looks like. I like Derek Carr. I like some of the other pieces they have there in Las Vegas. So I'll be cheering for this Raiders team. And I think Adams would not shock me if he's a 1,500 yard, 10 touchdown guy. But I think there's two guys who are a little bit better. And number two is Mr. Cooper Cup, the reigning all everything, won every award you could get last year outside of an MVP. Cooper Cup is great. He's fun to watch. You want guys like that who are electric, who can be your big play guy. It doesn't matter where he is on the field. You need a nine-yard touchdown or a 90-yard touchdown. Cooper Cup is going to go up and get it for you. And number one is a guy you mentioned who I am 
It took me a while to come around on this guy. Again, he's only been around about three or four years, but I'm going Justin Jefferson. I think he is the heir apparent. He's the next in that Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins style of player. I think Justin Jefferson's going to have a monster year. Yes, he's playing for Minnesota in the Kirk Cousins situation. You just want a pure, talented wide receiver for me to build my team around. I think Justin Jefferson is going to become the guy in the NFL this year. Take that massive step forward and be the... Be your big fantasy darling if you're looking to draft wide receivers high. So I think Justin Jefferson is going to be the number one guy in the wide receiver class. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, I can I can see it happening. I just – it's the Kirk Cousins factor for me um, that really holds me back from putting Jefferson maybe higher on this list and – um, I can see where you're, what you're saying about Tyreek Hill. I'm not too uh, set in stone with him at number five. I just think he's been top five for so long. It's hard to think of him in any other light as not top five, but I could definitely see him uh, sliding down maybe closer to just like a top 10 type wide receiver, maybe not top five. And you could uh, sell me on, on a lot of guys there. You could sell me on Diggs, Debo, CD Lamb, I think any one of those guys could really be my next in line and kind of take that spot from Tyreek Hill. But I do think uh, until further notice, we've got to, we've got to have cup and Adams one and two. Um, I think Jefferson could make that leap. I just, I just haven't seen enough in the past to uh, say that he is for sure going to make that leap. And yeah, I, I respect you for going out on a bit of a limb here. Um, but you're definitely going out on a bit of a limb. So I, I thought you may give a shout out to your boy, scary Terry. I do like scary Terry. I think he's uh probably number 10 for me to be quite honest. Yeah. Um, so he, he's just kind of on the 10, 11 fringe. So, um, who's one guy that you think that's maybe not top 10 that could be top 10 by the end of the season? Hmm. Looking at my top 15 here. Uh, well, I guess it depends on your ranking. Do you think a, is AJ Brown a top 10 guy for you right now? Not I'm, currently. I'm a huge, Not currently. I'm a huge AJ Brown fan. I'm curious to see what it looks like with him being the guy with the Eagles and what Jalen hurts can do and that system. So he'd be the, he'd be the one that I've been waiting for him to really take like that leap. I've been on him for a while to be like a, a true pro bowl first team, all pro guy. So he's, he's the guy that I'm waiting for because the rest of these guys, I think, have kind of gone up and down. You mentioned Debo Samuel's probably a top 10 guy. Mike Evans and DeAndre Hopkins have proved it. Maybe they're over the hill going the other way. But I think the guy still on the rise who can make a big jump would be A.J. Brown's that guy for me. Yeah, I, I think it's Jamar Chase's teammate, T. Higgins. I think after this season, we'll kind of recognize him as a top 10 guy. Um, I know it sounds really crazy to say, but I, I – I really think we're going to think of T Higgins in a different light after this season. And it's going to be kind of a, one of those situations where we look at it and go, Oh, wow. Uh, the Bengals actually have two of the top 10 best receivers in in the game on their roster right now. And this team has, and one of the five best quarterbacks and one of the 10 best running backs all at the same time, we're going to look back on this Bengals team and we're going to think uh, Kurt Warner Rams era. Um, maybe not greatest show on turf because they don't play on turf, but 
we're going to think Kurt Warner Rams era as to how did they not win every year because of all the talent that they had offensively? And the answer is going to be because they spent so much money and invested so much offensively that the defense wasn't quite good enough to get it done. I don't, I'm not saying their defense is poor because they've got guys like Trey Hendrickson and, and Jesse Bates, but um, it was obviously their defense that let them down. Whereas the Rams kind of had that right balance of offensive weapons, defensive guys, defensive impact guys like Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey and others, um, Von Miller, Leonard Floyd. So um, yeah, I really think we're going to look back on the, this year's version of the Bengals and see 2001 Rams, which just absolutely let the, let the world on fire. And it'd be, I have not, I'm not as high on Mr. Higgins, but if he can make that jump, you'd be thrilled if you're a Bengals fan to get yourself a second weapon to use. So it's not yeah, all on he, Jamar chase. I mean, I, I really do think he was top 20 last year. I mean, go back and look at, at the stats. I really think Higgins was kind of in that, that breath last year. So I don't think it's really that much of a leap. But uh, anyways, we can we can move on to uh, the tight ends. I want to ask you about one guy that we didn't mention at all, who I would argue two years ago. Let's pull up his numbers here quick. Yeah. Two years ago, 2019 season, he was the best receiver in football for a couple of years. And that's Michael Thomas. Are, are we, so he only played seven games last year and he was minimally effective in or I guess that was 2020 missed all of last year only played five games in 2020, but 17, 18, 19, he was probably the best player or best receiver in the game. Is he just done? Are we expecting anything out of Michael Thomas? He went from top one or two receiver to not even on the board. Yeah, it's, it's really crazy. Um, Cause yeah, I, he was a top five receiver in 2019. Right. And his career's kind of gone off the rails. I, I don't really know what to expect from Michael Thomas, but I'm not honestly expecting much. He almost has to reprove himself to, uh, to me and, and really everybody. I think I, I know we didn't mention him, but I I don't think he's currently worth mentioning. And I think there's a lot of uh, concern with Michael Thomas and rightfully so. So we'll see. It's just crazy to have a guy fall off that far that fast, but all right, we'll move on to tight ends. I'll go first on this one. And I only wrote down six names for this. And I think that was being generous. I think there are clearly three top tight ends. And then you can fight about who the other top tier, second tier guys are my number five. I'm going with Kyle Pitts and, I think you probably could move him up to four pretty easy. He is going to beat the Atlanta offense. Atlanta is going to be terrible. Hope you're ready for the number one draft pick Falcons fans. They got Drake London as a rookie to maybe help out, but Pitts is basically just a really big wide receiver playing tight end. And I think he's going to be all everything for them this year. He's going to catch a million balls and do all their scoring. So at least on volume, Kyle Pitts is going to be a workhorse this year. Number four, unfortunately I had to go with TJ Hawkinson, one of your Hawkeyes, which is your, is your list just all Hawkeyes? It could be, but uh, it's it's not. Okay, it's okay. Not. So I went with Hawkinson and his George Kittle copy uh, copycat look. The Lions, I think the Lions are going to be better than we give them credit for. I think they're going to have some more weapons, and I just think Hawkinson's really evolving, coming into his own. I don't think he's with these top tier guys yet, but I think he's pushing and developing, and maybe it could be the heir apparent to this group. And then at the top, I think you could do this group 
in a number of ways. I think you could do any one of these guys, one, two, three. I went with Darren Waller, three, George Kittle, two, Travis Kelsey, one. I think for a couple of years, we've been saying Kelsey and Kittle back and forth, who's one, who's one. But Darren Waller has really come on strong. I think having somebody like Devontae Adams there to help take the pressure off and give them another option. Waller and Carr seem to have this tremendous synergy, kind of like Kelsey and Mahomes have. But those, I, I think you've got two tiers. I had Mark Andrews just on the outside looking in. So I think you have uh, Kelsey one, Kittle two, Waller three is my top tier. And then Hawkinson, Pitts, Andrews, uh, maybe Noah Fant could sneak in there. And Zach Ertz still has some left in the tank. But for me, I had my top five pretty easy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really do think there are six guys. And I think I'm going to. I'm going to surprise you here with um, who I'm putting in my top five and who I'm leaving out at number five. I do have Mark Andrews. Um, He really proved a lot last year and at times like looked like the best tight end um, in the NFL. Um, And he's going to get his fair share of targets this year too, because of the, uh, the fact that uh, Marquise Brown is gone and, who do the Ravens have at wide receiver? I mean, Rashad Bateman. I do like Rashad Bateman. And I think he could maybe show himself as a potential wide receiver one. Maybe not. Um, but Mark Andrews is kind of going to be the main receiving threat. It's a lot like the Chiefs with Kelsey where he's going to be the main receiving threat, although Lamar Jackson isn't on the same levels. Patrick Mahomes and they don't throw the ball nearly as often, but – when they do, he's always looking for Mark Andrews. That's kind of his guy. So Mark Andrews at five. And then I've got Kyle Pitts at number four. Um, kind of similar. I think he's going to gobble up a ton of targets because it's it's really him and Drake London for all the targets in Atlanta. And like you said, he's a he's got wide receiver skills and a tight end's body in the in the wide receiver borderline wide receiver speed to go with it. So he's just kind of a physical freak. I'd like to see him catch a few more passes. He had some uh, issues with drops at times last season, and I think he'll clean that up and actually be better than he was last year, although the Falcons are headed for that number one pick, and I think that's kind of their plan is to make a play for C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young or whoever they think the best quarterback is in next year's draft, and hopefully that can be their franchise guy. Um, and then number three is my, my guy, TJ Hawkinson. Um, I think, yeah, he uh, does his best George Kittle hair impersonation, but he also does his best George Kittle impersonation on the field. And that means he's a really great combination of a pass catcher and a blocker. Um, he's kind of got both. He's a really good pass catcher and he's also a decent run blocker. And people forget that that's part of playing the tight end is being able to do both. So, and I, I value that. I think uh, GMs value that. I think coaches value that. And so TJ Hawkinson at number three and at number two, I've got Kelsey. Um, he is definitely the best catching tight end, um, but I definitely downgrade him a little bit. I don't think Kelsey's all that as a blocker. Um, while he can do that, I don't think he's all that as a blocker. And that's why I've got George Kittle number one, because he's actually an impactful blocker. Um, We've seen the run after catch stuff with George Kittle, some amazing run after catch plays. He's got good hands. 
Um, he's definitely, it looked like for, for a minute there that Debo was going to be gone and maybe Kettle is going to become a guy, a major target tight end guy too, but uh, that's not happening. But I think Kittle is definitely going to be the, uh, the best tight end in all football this year. So the guy I left off that I think is surprising is Darren Waller. And I think he's going to, he's a little bit older now. And also Devonte Adams is there. And I think Derek Carr is going to look Devonte's way um, quite a bit. So um, we'll go ahead and, uh, and leave Darren Waller off the list and go, go from there. just upset over your disrespect for Mr. Waller. And I don't think anybody's going to argue that Travis Kelsey is a terrific blocker. I think of this, of your elite pass catching tight ends, Kittle's the best blocker of this entire bunch. But I think for the modern NFL where tight ends don't really have to block, that's where I give the tip of the cap to Kelsey of go be Kelsey or Pitts or Waller and be a big guy who can stretch the field and catch the ball. And yeah, you can block a little bit, but we have spare linemen for that. Uh, tight ends don't have to block in most schemes, but in the Shanahan scheme, uh, tight ends are, are most definitely asked to block and, uh, Kittle does it and he does it really well. So I, I think my point is just that he's way more physical and I, I value that, um, more than what I value what Kelsey does. So I, I think the physical aspect that Kittle brings, that's why I've got him number one as opposed to Kelsey. And I, I know this isn't a fantasy football show, but just a, a, a philosophical question here. Is it crazy to take a tight end in the first round? Because as, as we're discovering here, there's maybe six or seven tight ends that are going to put up numbers for you. The rest of the guys are going to be hot or cold, or they're going to be spot starters. Am I crazy if I have like the sixth overall pick in a 12-team league to go get Kittle or Kelsey or Pitts just because, well, there's plenty of running backs and wide receivers and quarterbacks for me to get, but I miss on tight end, or is those three to eight points per week, not enough to warrant a drastic pick like that. I think if you really look at the math, my position has always been you either go elite or you wait on tight end. You go elite or you wait. Um, And for me, I don't think, I don't think it's crazy to take one in the second round. I do think it's crazy to take a tight end in the first round. Again, it depends on the scoring, but just let's just assume PPR. I know you hate PPR, Darren, Darren, but most people play that way now. So I think we got to assume PPR. Um, And if we're assuming PPR, then I think you don't quite go tight end first round yet. Um, That's maybe a second round play depending on where you're at. But I, I do think it's kind of a scenario where you've got to go running back, running back. I think scarcity at the running back position just kind of forces your hand a lot of the time. But if the, if the value is there, it all depends on where you can get those guys. If the value is there, maybe um, you take a tight end early. But if you don't get one of those big – Really, I think it's really a big five, honestly, if we're looking at it from a, a fantasy football perspective. If you don't get one of those top five guys, you really don't want to spend like a sixth or a seventh round pick on one of the seven, eight, nine, or ten guys. I mean, you don't want to be 
taking Zach Ertz in the eighth round. You want to you want to spend that pick on something else. Have you done a fantasy draft yet? I have not yet. Um, I've done several mocks and I've thought about it a lot, but I have not actually done a uh, a draft yet. And and the thing is, is that I'm not in a lot of uh, redraft leagues. I'm in a few redraft leagues. Mm-hmm. I'm in like two or three redraft leagues right now, but. I've uh, really taken up the the dynasty aspect of fantasy football, and I really like and appreciate the dynasty aspect. It's it's a lot less work once you uh, once you get past that initial draft. Every year of having maybe just four or maybe even five rounds of a rookie draft is a lot less maintenance than a, a redraft every year. So it's kind of fun if you can get the people to commit to getting in a dynasty league. So. There's my shameless plug for Dynasty Leagues. I had a wild hair this weekend. I was like, I got a couple of free hours. I can jump on one of those Yahoo free leagues and play with a bunch of strangers or computer bots or who's ever actually running those teams. But no, I haven't gotten, I, I feel a little bit dirty doing them in July, but the urge is there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right. On to our offensive linemen. And I like your idea for doing this. Instead of doing 15 offensive linemen, two tackles, two guards, and a center. So I'm going to let you take the lead on this one. Mm. Well, um, I'm going to have one guy in here who can play all five. Um, all out. And that's, and that's going to be my reason for saying he's one of the five. Uh, his best spot is probably guard, but he can play any of the, well, he hasn't played, he hasn't played right tackle and that's fine. So if we're going uh, left to right, my uh, left tackle spot is going to be uh, – that's going to be Trent Williams of the uh, 49ers at my left tackle spot. I wanted to put Bakhtiari here. Um, however, uh, Bakhtiari uh, seems to have some injury problems. But when healthy, I think Bakhtiari is actually the best left tackle. But uh, – in his stead, I'm going to go ahead and put Trent Williams of the 49ers here at left tackle. At left guard, I'm going to go Elton Jenkins, and he can play four out of the five. He could play right tackle. We just haven't seen him play right tackle before. He filled in brilliantly at left tackle when Bakhtiari was out last year, and he actually looked like one of the five best left tackles when he was playing left tackle at that spot. So, I'm going to take Elton Jenkins at my left guard spot. And then at center, I'm going to take Frank Ragnow of the Detroit Lions. At my right guard, I'm going to shift. I know Quentin Nelson um, typically plays left guard, but I think he can play right. I don't think it's that big of a difference. So I'm going to take Quentin Nelson and shift him over to right. And then my right tackle is going to be Tristan Wirfs. Um, I think he's easily the best right tackle in all of football. I know it's his third year, but I believe he's only allowed two sacks in two years of NFL football. And one of them was like his first game against Cleo Mack. Um, for a right tackle to pass block for Tom Brady, as much as the Buccaneers have thrown the ball in the last two years um, with Tom Brady as their quarterback and to only allow like two sacks – yeah, that's definitely the best right tackle in all football there. So I'm going to go ahead and take uh, Tristan Wirfs at that spot and 
that is my offensive line. Um, if I needed a swing guy that could kind of swing around and maybe play a couple different spots for me, um, which you kind of need that on your offensive line in the modern NFL, you can't just have five good ones. You've got to have maybe like a six guy that can kind of swing at a few spots. I'm just going to plug and play Brandon Sheriff at either of those guard spots. He can play inside at either of those guard spots, maybe kick out to tackle in an emergency, but he can play either one of those guard spots for me. I did not expect us to have so many linemen the same of all the, of all the positions. Yeah. Um, go ahead. All right. Well, I will <laughs> going to start. I'm going Trent Williams as well from the 49ers. He is a, mammoth human being. I think he made me my biggest guy on this list, if not one of the biggest in the entire NFL, but just a giant for the 49ers. He's going to hold down that blind side for me, which is it's all I need you to do. I was, I was with you. I was considering Bakhtiari. I still think he may be the most purely talented offensive lineman in the league, but a lot of injuries seem to be catching up with him and his getting a little long in the tooth for an offensive lineman. So I'll go with Zach Mart. Uh, oh, just spoiled my, one of my upcoming ones. Trent Williams is my left tackle, my left guard. I'm keeping the guy at his natural position. Quentin Nelson, he's the best all-around offensive lineman in the game. He, you know, If you're just looking at pure talent, he's probably one. Bakhtiari's two. But when you look at what Jonathan Taylor is able to do and why the Colts are contenders and why I think Matt Ryan's going to have a comeback here, it's Quentin Nelson running things up front for the offensive line. The guy who plays next to him, Ryan Kelly, is very good at center, but I'm going with Jason Kelsey, the ageless wonder for the Eagles. Eagles are typically always very good in the trenches on both sides, and for them, Jason Kelsey is that man in the middle calling the shots. So he's going to be my uh, my center there. The right guard is a guy who I think two years ago we maybe thought his career was over. He'd been around. I think he's entering maybe his ninth season, but that's Zach Martin with the Cowboys. He's been, was part of that tremendous uh, offensive line they've had there. And while a lot of those other guys have moved on or retired or aren't quite what they were, Zach Martin bounced back last year. And I think he's going to be a top 100 player this year, pro bowl, if not all pro player for them, he's going to be my right guard. And then, you know, there's two teams I hate to pick. Those are Packers or former Iowa Hawkeyes. And had to go with a former Iowa Hawkeye in this one. I'm also taking Tristan Wirfs. I think he's kind of the next era as you see guys like Trent Brown and Trent Williams retire. And I think, you know, Tyron Smith, I think I know it's the right side instead of the left side, but maybe the next Tyron Smith level guy is Tristan Wirfs. And the Buccaneers would not have been what they've been and make it to the Super Bowl without Tristan Wirfs came in as a plug and play rookie and just road grades people on the right side of that line. So I've got Trent Williams. Quentin Nelson, Jason Kelsey, Zach Martin, and Tristan Wirfs. And then if we get to have a a swing guy, as much as I like Rashawn Slater, I don't know that he moves around that much, but I want Joel Betonio from the Browns as my super intelligent, agile, can play several different positions swing man if I get a bonus sixth lineman. Yeah, and I know you you hate on Packers players, but uh, I, I would really say if you wanted to be unbiased and have a swing guy, I think Jenkins is kind of your guy. I mean – you gotta, you gotta watch Jenkins sometime. Isn't he when also injured when, though? He I'm did get injured lot. last. He he did get injured last season. He'll be back this season though. Um, not not really a concern with him as of yet. So, but um, when healthy, the Green Bay Packers do have the best offensive line in football. But that's a big statement. When healthy, so <laughs> uh, we need a we need a Bakhtiari to. Uh, 
to get healthy and then have the best offensive line in football. I still contend that the Packers win the 2020 Super Bowl if uh, if Bakhtiari doesn't get hurt right before that. Um, kind of hasn't been the same since. So I, I still contend the Packers win that year, the year that the Bucks won it against the Chiefs. But um, that's neither here nor there. But, uh, yeah, I, I think, yeah, to the casual fan who doesn't deeply follow the Green Bay Packers, I don't think they really realize the uh, talent that El- Elton Jenkins is. He can play – he's played guard and center and left tackle and has done all of those things, like, seamlessly with very high PFF grades – and every one of his starts at all of those positions. So I, I don't think people really understand how tough that is to be able to plug and play at an NFL level at all those spots. We don't need to rehash everything. We're up to our hour here, but do you just want to give your, your top player at each of these five positions heading into this year? Who's your number one at each? Yep. Number one at uh, quarterback Rogers, Aaron Rodgers. Number one at running back is Derek Henry. Number one wide receiver is Cooper Cup. Number one tight end is Kittle. And I don't know if we really said number one offensive lineman, but if I'm forced to pick, I guess I'll go ahead and take Werfs as my number one offensive lineman. And surprisingly, only one the exact same. I also had Aaron Rodgers as my top quarterback. I am all in on the Justin Jefferson hype train at wide receiver. Uh, Running back, I went with... Uh, Jonathan Taylor for tight end. I'm sticking with Jason Kelsey and as offensive lineman, I would go with Quentin Nelson as my number one. So we got enough diversity in there, giving people some different choices. Yeah. Yep. We do have some diversity there. Anything else you want to get to this week before we duck out of here, we will do defense next week. Not exactly sure how we're going to break out those positions, but the two of us will be back to give you our top defensive players. We can do special teams if you want, if you want to do, kickers and punters and returners, but I'll let you decide on that. Oh, no, we're going to go best kickoff coverage, guys. We're going deep. No, no, we're not going that Matthew Slater for the Patriots. That's the one guy (laughs) I know. Yeah, that's the only guy you need to know, apparently. Um, No, we can can talk about how we're going to do that because it's also uh, an interesting conversation about if you're going to look at it from a 4-3 or a 3-4 perspective or – do we want to talk about nickel corners and all of that kind of stuff? I don't know how deep, uh, how deep of a dive you want to get into on the defense. I don't know if, if uh, people even really pay attention to, to defense enough to even know or, or want to are interested in that kind of thing. So, but we can uh, talk about that more later. And we don't need to get into nickel linebackers. I listened to Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks do a, analysis on nickel linebackers today and i thought who in the world yeah i don't know about nickel linebackers i do think nickel corners though like uh, that third corner position in the nfl is is a legit position because you're playing that slot corner and a lot of teams have slot receivers that they like to use so being able to cover the slot is actually a big thing in the nfl now now that you have like four two five defensive alignments yeah, because the the standard in the NFL for the longest time was two wide receiver sets, not three wide receiver sets like it is now. So right. now that uh, every team starts three wide receivers, basically on a regular basis, you got the three wide receivers, the one tight end, the one running back set up for almost every 
um, at least three wide receivers, you know, sometimes four, sometimes five, whatever. Right. Um, with the one tight end with the run running back. I mean, that's, that's what puts a premium on having good defensive backs. So. Anything else we need to touch on this week? Anything in the sports world? Is that, is your silence a no? Uh, well, I believe I may have actually lost you there for a second, uh, but I think my, my silence might actually be a no. Go ahead. Oh, just asking if there's anything else in the sports world you want to touch on this week. Again, it's kind of a quiet time. We got through the British Open. NBA is really quieted down. NHL is quiet right now. No tennis. Uh, I need to look if there's a UFC card. It, really, this is kind of all about baseball all-star week and nothing too crazy happening unless I've missed it. We're recording a little early this week, so something crazy is probably going to happen Wednesday and we're going to miss it. Yeah, that, that's kind of how it always happens when we do these early week recordings. Uh, something breaks on a Wednesday or Thursday, and it's like, man, we should have should have waited a couple of days just for this news to break. But it seems like the news cycle is instant these days. Um, I don't know, not nothing really major, unless you want to do some deep dives on uh, over unders, win totals in college football and NFL. Maybe we can save that for another day. But yeah. Um, that's uh that's what I'm I'm looking at right now. I'm uh I'm trolling through looking at over unders on uh win totals to try and make some good uh good bets. Packers under ten. Oh nope. Uh that that would definitely be plus money and uh not a smart bet. So uh anyways, <laughs> not, nothing really pressing that I want to talk about. All right. It's just kinda the doldrums before football season. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us. We'll be back next week for our defensive rankings, give you our top five at each defensive position, maybe some special teams. We'll see how much time we have and what kind of mood we're in. Thank you all for joining us. We'll see you the next go-around. 